Sometimes you just got to bring in the best. So today what we're going to be doing, and I'll let you just get cozy up here, is Natalie's going to be in an interview format, asking questions of our very own Pastor Joe, uh, to be asking about what it means to live a supernatural life. And again, this man too has been, everything I have learned, all, most of that <laughs> came from you, certainly began the journey. Um, and then this family too, the Barlow family, obviously, particularly Joseph here, uh, I know uh, Nathan Blouse, who's actually speaking in two weeks, he actually said, you know, Joe, you're one of the only people I know who live naturally supernatural. It just happens. It's not like something you try to do. It's not an effort. It's just like every moment of your life is supernatural just by the way that you live. So we couldn't think of a better person to explain what it means to live supernaturally than our very own Pastor Joe. So Natalie and Joe, take it away. All right, before we get into this fun interview, it's going to be a good time. Um, I want to run you guys through just some basic housekeeping information about the church, because that's what you learn at a membership class, right? You learn how a church is structured and who the staff is and all of that. So I'm just going to run you guys through that. So in case you don't know that, you will know now. So first of all, our momentum class encompasses who we are as a church, the way we are structured, our core values, and what we commit to provide to you as a church, and how we encourage you to operate as a member. Does that make sense? Awesome. Um, I want to first introduce our staff. So first of all, Danny, myself, and Andrew right here, we are the senior leaders here at Family Life. That means the three of us work to lead. Danny's obviously like, if the buck has to stop somewhere, it stops at Danny. But Danny, Andrew, and I are the three of us leading the church together. Uh, right after that, we have our staff. So we have our dear friend, Cindy Kachuk, who pray for her. She's at home, not feeling great, but she's healed in Jesus' name. She is our wonderful administrator. And that, that to say, if you have a question, Cindy's the first person you go to. And she's our throughput. She, uh, she's the, the funnel that everything comes through. So if you have questions. We also call her the quarterback. Yes. Because if anybody can get a refund. It's Cindy. Cindy. So we, she, she'll get our quarter back. She won an award. <laughs> she won the award at our staff Christmas party that it, she's most likely to get a refund for something we didn't pay for. <laughs> yeah. She has gotten money back when we didn't even give any in the first place. <laughs> so we have Cindy Kochuk as our admin. She's the person you go to if you need anything. We have Kristen Sauer, who is the head of our member care. Um, so she really keeps an eye out for the flock. She just watches over, makes sure who's in need in the congregation. How can we help them? How can we support them? She oversees our uh, pastoral care and all of that. And then we have Kenny Hass, who is our, you guys all love him. He's our amazing worship pastor. What? Who's he's that our, guy? He's our favorite. He's our favorite. Um, <laughs> okay, so that that is our current staff here at Family Life. Then right alongside that, uh, just two honorable mentions of people who are on our team, not necessarily in the office staff, but we have our dear Wendy Norman, who is our prayer coordinator here at Family Life, also on the worship team. And then we most recently have Jackie Schuster, who has come on to lead our children's ministry. So she's currently back there leading the children's ministry, but she is wonderful bringing our children's ministry up to standard. And then lastly, we have Molly Roberts, who's also on the worship team, and she runs our social media online. 
So we are so grateful for our team. Our team is much bigger than that. And every ministry here at Family Life is run by directors and coordinators who then report to the leadership. Um, We also have our board of elders that is currently being formed because when the transition happened between leadership, that was something that we as senior leaders felt like we wanted to put in place was a team of fathers and mothers to help pastor the people. Um, So that is something that we are currently putting in place. And then, like I said earlier, we have our board of trustees that makes the large, high-level financial decisions um, within the church, and that is composed of uh, Danny, uh, Shalise Jimenez, and Nathan Blouse, and they're awesome. They've been on the board of trustees for years, um, and they actually rendered their resignation on December 31st when Pastor Joe was officially done, and then um, the next day, Danny goes, now that you've had a good few hours being free from the board of trustees, we would like to invite you to be on our board of trustees. (laughs) A spot just opened up. We would love for you to be on. So that is our our leadership structure here at Family Life. Um, And then I want to run you through, if you have not seen this before, I want to run you through our statement of beliefs here at Family Life. This is something that we put together, um, and I... I hope that you agree with these, (laughs) but you can know where we stand. So first of all, creation. We have graphics for these that Danny made, but I'll start reading them. Creation. We believe that God, the father, the son and Holy spirit made everything that exists, whether seen or unseen. We believe that you were created to be loved by God for the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the inspired and perfect word of God given to us as our instruction manual. Salvation. We believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life as a man, performed miracles, was crucified for the sins of mankind, buried, and by the power of the Holy Spirit was resurrected. We believe that hell is a really hot place that was prepared for the devil. (laughs) Jesus provided a way for people to not go there. We believe that no one is without sin, but through Jesus' death and resurrection, the price for all sin was paid. We believe that no one could ever earn their ticket to heaven. Salvation is a free gift from God received simply by faith in Jesus Christ. Baptism. We believe that water baptism in Jesus' name is a believer's public acknowledgement of their faith in him. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We believe that the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit are available to us today and are given to anyone who believes. That is a big distinguishing factor (laughs) between family life and other churches. They are available today. They're given to anyone who believes. We believe that the Holy Spirit is on the earth doing God's work and leading us to fulfill his will. That is our statement of beliefs. Obviously, we believe a lot of things in addition to that, but that's what you would call our core beliefs, our non-negotiables. That's what we believe. Um, and now, you know what, I'm going to, we're going to show the, um, our vision and mission video that just quickly explains to you what this is. The mission of Family Life Christian Center is to empower you to fulfill your highest calling in Christ. That's why we focus our strength, energy, and resources on three core values. Living a supernatural life, discovering our identity and purpose, and growing in leadership and business. Living a supernatural life, we believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish more than we ever could on our own. Within this core value, we help you encounter the presence of God, flow in the gifts of the Spirit, and receive revelation from the Scriptures. 
discovering our identity and purpose. We believe that if you know who you are, you'll know what you're called to do. Within this core value, we help you unravel your true image and identity, establish healthy relationships, and pursue personal revival. Growing in leadership and business. The marketplace is a land of infinite opportunity to impact and influence many lives. Within this core value, we help you improve your financial health, develop your leadership skills, and thrive in your marketplace. With these core values, we equip the body of Christ to make a powerful and lasting impact on the world while fulfilling the prayer of Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Living a supernatural life, discovering our identity and purpose, growing in leadership and business. Family Life Christian Center, empowering you to fulfill your highest calling in Christ. Does that sound good to anybody? It's exciting. I love it. So today we're going to talk about living a supernatural life, and we're going to start out just sharing that um, we have a commitment here at Family Life to living life led by the Holy Spirit. Like we always say, it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. <laughs> um, we believe that the way that the Holy Spirit moves through this earth is through us. That is the way that the Holy Spirit can move. That's how he can act in this earth. Can you talk a little bit about that? Just intro us into living a supernatural life. Why is it important? Well, uh, Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, if you had known the gift of God and who it is that's speaking with you, you would have asked of, of him and he would have given you living water. And that living water would become in you a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And when we have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us, uh, there truly is a well of uh, living water. And if we each will learn how to live from that, then everybody around us can be fed. I was in the middle of a phone call, yes, two days ago, I called my son Mark, just driving along the street, you know, driving down North Avenue, and I thought, I'm gonna call Marky. Well, I was listening to one of his songs on the, on the radio or whatever. So, so I call him up, and he was riding with one of his friends. I start talking. Uh, and all of a sudden, this word, you know, the prophetic word started coming up for his friend. And I started talking to him about his future music. He's a music producer. So I started telling him about what God wanted to do in the future in music production. And, um, and, but it just came... I didn't ever say, thus saith the Lord. I just said, hey, Jacob, you know, in, in your music over the next month or two, there's going to be some things that, you know, you might consider spicy, but it's becoming from a pure heart. And then, um, you know, and, and that you're supposed to pursue this. And then I, the, the next thing I said, make sure you have fun. I said, because you will have more creativity while you're having fun than when you're trying to be serious about your production. I said, you're going to go way farther. Now, that just came up like it, like it bubbled up. You see that? And that's what the word prophecy actually means. It's like a bubbling over. Like, okay. So if we learn how to live from this place, 
these words are available to everybody around you, but we have to be tuned in to know how to receive from that, from that place. That's really good. Um, yeah, as Danny said earlier, we like to call it naturally supernatural. I think, I don't know if anybody else here has been to one of those charismatic Holy Spirit led churches that you are just going, what the heck are these people doing? How is this God? We were raised there, man. What? Yeah, I grew up in that. We would pray, or we would, me and my friends would play uh, the game where you acted like the preacher and you would knock people over. <laughs> and we would, we would like play who, who had to be the person to knock them over, who had to be the usher to catch them, who had to be the person to pray over them. That's what I grew up on. Um, but you know, we believe, you don't necessarily see a lot of that here at Family Life of people, you know, knocking over or shaking uncontrollably or laughing or whatever those different things that are. That was by my desire. Yes, because, because of that phrase, naturally supernatural. And the fact that, yes, I, I do believe that sometimes the Holy Spirit works and Absolutely. moves in Without some doubt. weird ways. Yeah. However, I believe that the majority of the time, we believe that the majority of the time that the Holy Spirit moves, it is in our natural everyday life. It is in a way that's actually going to draw people to him, not repel, <laughs> not make people go, what the heck are you doing? If that's God, I, you're weird. Like, you need to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. God will challenge you, though, so you make sure yeah. you don't ever get to the point where you're like, yeah, don't get oh, in too that's much below pride. me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wait but till. but the question that we always ask whenever we see a move of the Spirit here at Family Life is where is the fruit? Key. Where is the fruit? If if you wake up tomorrow and you tell me that God changed your accent to a British accent and that's the Holy Spirit moving in your life, I'm going to go, where's the fruit? And by the where's way, the I have fruit? seen that happen before. <laughs> there was where's, no fruit. Was but no fruit. where is the fruit? And if you always ask that question, it can keep you living a naturally supernatural life where it is something that just is an, it's an encounter every day. Sorry, I, I want to add something. My parents actually, so when I grew up, I had never had any experience with <laughs> supernatural, but I never knew this, but my parents did. And they said, yeah, when you were really young, you wouldn't have remembered it. We went to a church, big charismatic church, and mom and dad went up for prayer and kind of they got this big high and mighty prayer and slapped on the head and just got like pushed over and caught and laid down. So this happened to my my mom and then to my dad, and then both of them said like they were like laying down next to each other and they both kind of popped an eye open and were like, You buying this? No, but I think this is what we're supposed to do. So but basically what that means is that there was an expectation of this is what it looks like to receive the Holy Spirit or to receive a powerful word. And it, you get in this practice where it's not authentic anymore. So we're pursuing authenticity. You don't have, like this Holy Spirit can move a number of ways, but naturally supernatural is saying, we're not going to say there's only one way that you're supposed to pray. And unless you go through all the proper motions, it won't work. Like authentic expressions of the supernatural is what we're after. Yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to share is looping back to our primary vision, which is fulfilling your highest calling in Christ. The reason that we believe it is essential to live a supernatural life is because you can fulfill a high calling in the natural. Whatever you do in the natural, uh, but whatever you do in the natural is not your highest calling. Because your highest calling requires you to live supernaturally. So if you can do it without him, then it's not your highest calling in Christ. 
because God's not going to give you a calling that you can do without him because he wants you to do it with him. So he causes you to need him if you want to reach your full potential. So you can live a good, happy life without being supernatural, but you won't hit that ceiling of what he actually has for you because it's through dependency on him. It's through relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's through living a supernatural life that we actually achieve fulfilling our highest calling in Christ. Um, So first of all, we want to dive into receiving revelation from the scriptures. So I don't even know what to call you up here. I was going to say Pastor Joe, then I was going to say Dad, then I was going to say Joe, Mr. Barlow, Papa Barlow, what is it? I don't really... Mr. Dad, Pastor Dad. (laughs) Pastor Joe Daddy. (laughs) So why? (laughs) So, Pastor. Dadster. Dadster Joe. Joe. All right. Why is it important to receive revelation from the scriptures? Mark chapter 4 says the sower sows the word. I want to tell you that every single one of us wants a harvest in our life. Every one of us wants to have a full and flourishing life. And we all know that the more God we can get into our life, the, the more our lives will actually flourish. So receiving the word is, I mean, you know, according to Mark chapter four, the sower sows the word and the word has to go into our heart. Um, Remember this, the word that sits on top of the soil is the word that's going to, you know, the birds are going to come and snatch it away. But it's the, it's the seed that gets driven down into the soil that the birds can't get to. The seed that's driven down into the soil is the seed, is the word that you understand. Yeah. When you understand the word, that word is not in danger of being stolen away by any demonic power. Okay, you get a you hear a word here in the church, you know, you get some scripture, you get some revelation. And then you walk out and you get an argument in the parking lot. That's a demon stealing that word. (laughs) Just so you know, that's how it works. But you get that thing settled down in your heart deep where you really understand and say, I've got this and I'm not letting go. Now, Jesus said that. when he uh, he asked his disciples, he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter came up with the winning answer, right? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter. Um, he said, no man revealed that to you, but God himself revealed that to you. And now, contrary to the opinion and belief of millions, What Jesus said next was not appointing the first pope. Because Jesus said, you are Peter, which means pebble. And he said, upon this rock, which is a different Greek word, which means like big rock. He said, on that rock, I will build my church. What is the rock? It means revelation by the Father that Jesus is the Christ. 
The only people that truly are in the church are the people who have received revelation from the Father that Jesus is the Christ. Mm. If they've never received that, they are not in the church. Mm. Period. That's the only way it works. You don't get to heaven by going to church. You might go to church and get a revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And if you get that revelation, you are in the church. It was on that rock of revelation. And as we spend time in the scriptures, we are looking for God to continue the exact same thing. Because it says, as you came to Christ, so walk ye in him. You know what that means? You came to Christ by getting a revelation from the Father. You know how you're going to continue your faith? Continue your walk with God? Continue to get revelation from the Father. And you have to stay in the word of God to do this. That's good. And, and it's, it's through revelation from the scriptures that we receive faith. Because how do you Romans receive faith? 17. By, by hearing the word of faith God. Faith comes by hearing. Um, and uh, we receive revelation of who God is as we receive revelation from the scriptures. That's right. You actually get to know the author of the Bible. So Amen. while... You know, with everything that's going on in the world today, some people may say, well, the Bible was written 2,000 years ago. There's no way that it has the answers to what I hold. Okay, maybe you can argue that. Maybe you can say it has answers for big stuff, not for this little everyday stuff. However, and we can, I don't even, (laughs) we don't even talk about that. But however, the author has the answers. And how do you get to know the author then by reading the word? So it's through receiving revelation from the scriptures that you receive revelation of who God is. You receive faith. You receive revelation of who you are. And you receive revelation of who other people are. You actually begin to see people the way that Jesus sees them as you receive revelation from the scriptures as well. Um, Pastor Joe taught this in the, in the past Momentum class. He said, we believe that the Bible is the inspired and perfect word of God given to us as our instruction manual. It is truth. It is spiritual food. By it, we renew our minds. We can't understand the scriptures only by reading them or human teaching. We must have a relationship with the Holy Spirit where he is disciplining us and discipling us. So how would you encourage somebody to take a step in receiving revelation from the scriptures? And how does that incorporate with living a supernatural life? So how do you receive revelation from the scriptures along with the Holy Spirit? has scripture. I'll trade with one, you. Two. Sorry, I'll trade with you here. And before we do two, the um, I had something really good. Oh yeah, Kenny was just saying when we say revelation too, uh, revelation is the act of revealing. So I understand. I see it now. That's good. Yeah, like I see it. That's a revelation. And sorry, one other thing about the reason why receiving revelation from the scriptures is in living a supernatural life is because a lot of the ways that we understand what it is to live supernaturally comes from the scriptures. And the scriptures actually, uh, like when you get a word from God, one of the first questions is, does that line up with the character of God? Well, how do you know the character of God? By reading the scriptures. So that is actually, the Bible is how we kind of test things in the supernatural. So it's not just anything goes in the supernatural. It has to line up with the word of God. So as we know the word of God, we become more confident that what we are hearing, what we are seeing is from God because we know the author. If you believe that there is a secret message in the Bible for you, you're going to be more apt to start digging. 
Christopher Columbus, I know that he's lost some of his luster in recent years. Um, however, he believed there was a scripture in the Bible that was for him, that God actually put in the Bible for him. And it's in Isaiah. And it says, from the east, I summon a bird of prey from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. And Christopher Columbus believed he was that bird of prey from a far off land, a man to fulfill God's purpose. Okay. And that thing drove him. He knew it in his heart. He, it drove him. It, it, it focused him. It kept him going because, you know, he endured a whole lot more than we would ever have to endure in a lifetime. Okay. Just crossing the sea to uncharted territory. That's crazy. Um, or divinely inspired. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> crazy or divinely inspired. Right. Um, but I would tell you that God has put you if you're one of his children, or even one of his potential children, which covers all of us, he wrote you into the Bible. And I will tell you that if you go to the word and go to the author, he will reveal to you your purpose, and even he will reveal to you a scripture that he probably put in the Bible just for you. So... What are, what are a couple other just quick steps that people could take to start receiving revelation from the scriptures? So ask God if there's a scripture that's for you. What else? Turn down the noise. Turn down the noise. You got to get quiet. You got to put the cell phone down. You got to turn the TV off. Okay. If you're, I mean, I have gone, literally, I've gone into people's homes to pray and minister to them. And they would not turn the television off. They would not turn the television off. They died. FYI. It was crazy. But even in the situation where I came to see them, they still would not turn the television off. Let's go ahead and turn the television off. Not all the time. You can watch stuff. I don't care. I'm just saying... You better have time where you really understand how to get quiet because we have to have getting quiet as a skill. It is an ability. I heard this crazy, crazy uh, idea from Lauren sitting back there about 20 or 30 years ago. He said, you need to practice praying. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, practice because it's a skill. You need to practice getting into the Word. Yep. It's a skill. Spend time. Just practice it. Just keep doing it. I have this group that um, I have 15 people that we do this five by five, uh, you know, five scriptures in the morning and at night, uh, say them five times each, and then we text each other, right? And uh, just this morning, I was texting them. I said, listen, you got to sow that Word in your heart and get understanding. Just doing this daily activity is practicing. Listen, doctors practice. You can practice. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> we should stop that conversation. There. Um, I just want to give a really practical tip, too, for some people that 
maybe haven't spent much time in the word and you're like, where do I even start? I don't really know how to read it. I don't know what to do. First of all, I recommend the passion translation. We sell it at the back of the resource wall. It, if you are new to the word, it is so easy to understand. So I highly recommend that. Um, but if you're wondering, Hey, where do I start? I need something that's going to be understandable that I can just start to start to get under the surface of receiving from the word. Uh, what we grew up doing is we would read the Proverbs of the day. So go into the book of Proverbs. There's 31, 31 chapters. Whatever day it is, what's today? The ninth? Today's the eighth. Um, go into Proverbs and read whatever that day is and receive, just choose a verse. Yep, that's my verse for the day. That's what I'm going to work out. That's what I'm going to walk out. And that's what I'm going to receive revelation from. Um, and then I would also recommend just starting in the epistles later in, later in the in the word. So Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, James, those are all very easy to understand um, as far as as far as just, yeah, understanding the word. Yeah, I would encourage you um, to, of course, know the life of Jesus. So reading the gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But after you have done that, I will tell you honestly, the main meat and potatoes of a Christian are going to be in the epistles, yeah. okay? Because that's where you learn and understand your covenant, especially Romans. Yeah. You know, Romans and Hebrews are some awesome, 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 yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome books, okay? One, one day the Lord said, because I was telling him about how, I, I was talking to the Lord about, you know, I really love the book of Proverbs. Well, that's because I spent so much time in it. He said, but son, he said, your favorite book of the Bible should be Romans. Mm. That's good. Wow. Okay, yes, sir. So what did I do? I started practicing reading the book of Romans. Yep. You got to get yourself familiar, which I'll tell you, as much as I think the Passion Translation it is awesome, and it is, but I'm telling you, somebody shed their blood to write that King James Bible. Yeah. William Tyndale wrote over 70% of it, and he died to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Blood was shed. There's an anointing on the King James, and even though the these and thous really can get can get in your way, I understand that. But I will tell you, there is an anointing to help you to understand these things. And instead of trying to get the word to conform to how I am, that might be good to catch you. But we want to begin to conform our thinking and our way to yeah. God and how He thinks. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that God thinks in King James English, okay? <laughs> but I do want to say the word canon comes from the word read, where it's a measuring stick. So we do want to measure ourselves according to the word of God, okay? And from all the study that I've done, as far as the most accurate Bible there is, the King James currently, as far as we know, is the most accurate. Secondarily, you can go to the New American Standard, but it just doesn't seem like it's full of life. It feels dead to me. Okay, the New Eng- or the the New Living uh, is really really powerful. Um, the The Passion is amazing and anointed, I would say. Yeah. So. Anyway, one, go ahead. one of the other really good tips that I learned, and we'll close this. But just get up. into it. Yeah, just, just open the read Bible. the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that I, one really good tip that I heard is. 
for those of you who pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit as you read the word. And oh, the revelation yeah. that you receive as you pray in the spirit is huge. And you would go, wait, how can I talk and read at the same time? Fun fact, the speech portion of your brain is turned off when you are praying in the spirit. Ooh, that's cool. So pray in spirit, read the word. You can actually receive as you're doing that. It's really awesome. So let's move on because we've got five minutes left and two sections to go through. So that's fun. No problem. Um, no problem. Uh, so next we want to talk about encountering the presence of God. And I just want to share a couple things that I wrote down here. Why is it important to encounter the presence of God? It's important so that you can know God and so that you can discover who you're meant to be. It's in encounters with the Lord that you discover your identity, whether that's one-on-one with your relationship with God or through encounters that you have with Jesus and other people. You discover your identity and purpose in encounters with the presence of God. You can't fulfill your highest calling in Christ without an intimate relationship with Jesus, and that's why it's important to encounter the presence of God. It all loops back to fulfilling your highest calling in Christ. It's through encounters that you discover that. Um, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It's through encountering the presence of God that we begin to bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So what does it look like? What does it mean to have an encounter with the presence of God? When I was in high school, I went to a a retreat called Teens Encounter Christ. This was back in the Catholic Church. And we used to sing this song, Yahweh, I know you are near. Yahweh, I know you are near. I, I drew so much comfort from that song that, God, you're always near, okay? Now, that's good, but it's not best, okay? I did. I got a lot of comfort. I'm so glad he's not far away. Praise the Lord, okay? But it's even better than that. He is better than near. He has chosen to be one with me. Now, Now, as we meditate on that, and, and begin to understand that we're not talking about nearness. We're talking about oneness. Yep. Okay, that we really are one. And as I begin to, in a sense, lose myself in him, which I'm really okay doing, <laughs> because everything I am, he gave me in the first place. So if I meld it into him, I'm okay. I'm, I'm not going to lose. I'm only going to gain. Okay, my life's going to end up having more purpose and and be more fulfilling. The more I lose myself in just kind of melting into Him, I'm good with that. I don't I, I don't have anything that says, "Well, I got to you know, I, me, 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 me." You know, that means you have eye trouble. You know, it's I, 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 right? <laughs> okay, so. Um, But you have to, so when we used to come in, when I used to lead worship, we always used to talk about entering into the presence of the Lord until we found out that we were already there. And you kind of wasted a lot of effort trying to get to a place that you already are. You I really, we spent a lot of time working to get into the presence of the Lord. We found out we're already there. You're just, oh, you're just asleep to it. It's waking up. You want to be woke? (laughs) Woke to the presence of the Lord. Because that is the wokeness 
that will make you significant. Amen. And that was that is the that's the wokeness that will make you effective in the kingdom of God. Because when you are woke, because I'll tell you this, you're not going to be sinning if you think God's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're not going to be sinning if you think that he's with you. Yep. Every time you sin, you think he's far away. Hmm. Every time you sin, you think, right, you're, you're just not woke to his presence. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we need, as you, because the Bible says awake right. to righteousness, which means right standing with God and sin not. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Yep, that's true. You won't sin if you're awake to righteousness. One thing that's really cool to me is that when there's a book called Present Perfect that really woke me up to the presence of God um, and how close it is and how tangible it can be. Um, And it says that God lives in the present. So when we're spending time dwelling in the past, Mm. where, where shame and guilt live. He's like, what are you talking about? That's not where the presence of God is. Yeah, he's timeless and all of that, but that's not where he is. He doesn't care. He paid for the past. So you think he's living there? No. If you're spending time in anxiety and fear and worry about the future, you think that's where he is? No, because he already has a plan. He doesn't worry about that. So where is he? He is present. That's where his presence lives is in the present. So we simply have to it's it's literally as e- an encounter with God with his presence is literally as easy as saying, Jesus, I thank you that you're here right now with me. And right now, everything's okay. Right now, oh, wait, I can be at peace. Oh, you're here. Yeah. Oh, you're here. <laughs> oh. Yeah. When, when I walked in the room here this morning, I came in uh, after I went got some tea. I came in this way. And I looked and I saw those little books right there in the bottom right shelf, there, right side of the bottom shelf there on the resource wall. And my heart leapt. I'm like, what is going on? I'm paying attention. But my heart leaped right then. Why? Because the Lord was saying, son, you could write those. Yeah. You could write those. Start writing, son. Start writing. My wife has been after me for years. You need to write. You need to write these mini books. Go, go, go. You could get one done in one day and have it completely published. Write it in the morning and have it out by the afternoon. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah. and I believe the Lord's, you know, kind of on her side about this. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I'm saying is that something leapt up in my heart. It didn't come from out here. He's in me. Yeah. So you're going to think, oh, was that my desire? It was probably gone. Um, Another thing about encountering the presence of God, and we'll wrap this section up, is I want you to think about what it feels like to encounter somebody that you know deeply. So what does it feel like? Somebody somebody shared one time with Pastor Joe. They said, man, I love when I get near you because I just know everything's going to be okay. Or if other of you have, you know, walked up to him and you're like, man, I feel peaceful. Man, I feel cared for. You walk near Nancy. Man, I feel like my needs are taken care of. Oh, I feel like somebody's ac- actually listening to me. Oh, I feel like I feel like no matter what's going on, I'm going to be loved and accepted. Oh, wait, when I get near this person, I all my anxiety goes away. What? Oh, wait, when I'm near this person, they make me feel like my my 
financial issues don't even matter. Like they're just going to be totally taken care of. What do encounters with people that you know deeply feel like? And that's how encounters with Jesus should feel like. There's a manifestation of him through each of us. Yeah. The reason he wants you to be awake to his presence is because he really wants his presence present. Yeah. We play a part in, pe- in carrying encounters with the presence of God to everyone that we know. So as you get to know, as you spend time in the presence, what happens? You go out and you become a walking, talking encounter with God. <laughs> you become peace in Wendy form. You become grace and Noah form. You become love and Annie form. You become joy and Becky form. You become the encounter with, with the presence of God that everybody in your life needs. And that just comes in your one-on-one relationship with God. Um, obviously, we're just going very <laughs> broad, quickly through these things. Know that it's our mission to just teach deeply on every one of these areas. So this is just the intros. Um, but let's move to flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and that's a, a fun one. Um, we, we talked earlier about naturally supernatural. Um, so what are the gifts of the Spirit? You know, there's the, the Romans 12 gifts, which is wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, I mean, interpretation of tongues. 1 Corinthians 12. Sorry, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, and there's other gifts in Romans 12 that are also gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. Um, and one interesting thing about the gifts of the Spirit is that um, rather than it being like a checklist of like, oh, I got that one, check. Oh, I got that one. Think of it more as this is just a lifestyle to lead. And we can spend time in the ones that seem easy. <laughs> we can spend time and, you know, there's the gift of mercy and there's the gift of helps and there's the gift of compassion and there's these, there's the gift of, um, well, actually these first Corinthians gifts, none of them seem very easy. But with the Holy Spirit, (laughs) they are. But the interesting thing is you may believe in these things. You may come here to family life and go, wow, that's cool that they believe in that stuff. I love watching them believe in that stuff. I love watching them exercise that. Man, that's so cool that Katie got up there and shared a prophecy for the first time. Man, that's awesome that they did that. And you never engage because it can be scary to take a step into actually learning and exercising the gifts of the Spirit. And one thing that we want to encourage you guys in is take a step, even when it feels scary, to pursue flow, actually flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. Because, yeah, go ahead. I just, um, one of the gifts in Romans 12 is the gift of giving, you know, and uh, that's the gift I always wanted. (laughs) <laughs> I always wanted that gift of giving. And so I've just always tried to be as generous as I can. But I want to let you know that it's a supernatural gift, okay? And um, I was sitting here earlier uh, during worship, and it, it came up in my heart that there may be some people who need to hear this. There are some people who have given um, five-figure gifts and six-figure gifts to the church. When they mentioned that, you know, we already have, you know, over 300,000 saved. You may need just some encouragement that you might be called to give a, a five-figure or a six-figure gift to the church, especially at this need, because I just call forth the activation Amen. of the gift Amen. 
of giving. Amen. Amen. Just as much as we've moved forward in prophetic, we've moved forward in healing, I just call forth an activation. It's a supernatural gift. You don't have to worry. If you don't believe it, don't worry. It won't happen to you. Okay? (laughs) Okay? Don't worry. Don't worry. But if you do, if he does activate that in you, you're going to release an avalanche of blessing on yourself and on the church. Go ahead. That's good. Um, One of the first signs of the Holy Spirit coming upon someone is that God actually takes over. That's why in the Bible, the the first sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit is people spoke in tongues. Now, that does not mean that you can... You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean that you have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Biblically, that's just the very first thing. And we think that that is significant because people had to surrender control. Yes. The seat of authority. People actually had to humble themselves, allow the Holy Spirit to overtake them. Like we said, scientifically, your, your speech portion is shut off when you're praying in the Spirit. So there, there's a high level of releasing control that actually happens as we surrender to the Holy Spirit. And then he, as he's able to move in and through us. So these, these are not for pursuing the gifts of the Spirit is not for people who want to lay on their couch and watch Netflix all day and be lazy about, about living faith. a supernatural yeah. life and, and your faith. It takes work. But the cool part is that we're in a body and we're all pursuing it together and we can encourage each other as we flow in the gifts of the spirit, it can be a safe place where we practice these things and don't have to get it perfect. We don't have to be perfect as we start pursuing these things. We just have to be obedient and surrendered to take the steps to learn it. Amen. Um, so what would you, what would you recommend? Or we really got to close up, but what would you recommend as far as how to start pursuing flowing in the gifts of the spirit? Ask the Holy spirit to train you. Hmm. Because he's the only one that can. Now, you can receive, you can hear classes and teaching and all kinds of stuff and go through that, and you probably should, and I would recommend it. Um, But I will tell you this, that for a gift to become truly seated, seated, like I'm seated, for that gift to become seated in your life, and so that gift is actually in position, the Holy Spirit's the only one that can take you to that place. So yield to him and ask him to show you. If he's, if he's been prodding you to, hey, pick up that pen. I want to sh- write a poem. Pick up that, or, you know, go, go tell this person, this person. You know, just start out by saying, you know, hey, do you like the color purple? You know, <laughs> what? And all of a sudden it breaks open something. You, he, he won't give you always... He won't necessarily give you the whole paragraph. He might give you the first half of a sentence and say, if you take that step, the rest will come. You you can't get the full amount out of the garden hose until you give the first inch that's in the garden hose. If you have a hard time with obedience, the gifts of the Spirit might be hard for you. (laughs) Well, that's why, which is why you need it. Because praying in tongues is learning how to obey God on a syllable by syllable basis. He gives you one syllable. You don't know what it means. It could be half a word. It could be five words. You don't know. Just say it. You're, obe- you're learning to obey God on a syllable by syllable basis. So that was like a scratching the surface. I recommend that book back there. <laughs> yeah. There's two books. 
the blue, the small blue one, the Bible way to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then there's a red one called Why Tongues. I strongly recommend, strongly, strongly yeah. recommend those two books. They will help you a bunch. Also, Pastor Joe has a class that is literally all about the Ten gifts hours of the of Spirit. Teaching on this, yeah. And it's super powerful. So if you're interested in that, let us know. Um, we can get you the link for that. It, it's really good. Um, thank you for sharing. That's good. Gladly. Don't you guys love how it just naturally, supernaturally flows out of his mouth because this is what he lives? <laughs> I love it. Um, so that is our first class of Momentum. Um, and next week, we're going to be talking about discovering your identity and purpose. We're going to do two weeks on that. And then the last week, we're going to do growing in leadership and business. And on the last week of Momentum, if you decide, if you have not been through Momentum before and you say, hey, I want to consider this my membership class, please sign up at the back. And primarily what that means is that at the end of these four weeks, um, you will get a certificate that says you're now a member of Family Life, but also you're going to get invited to a new members luncheon that we're going to have following that service on January 30th. Um, so we would love to have you join for that. If you have not been a part of a Momentum class before, we would love to have you be a part of that new members lunch where we just get to know you a little bit better. Um, did you guys get something out of that today? Any good, good tips? I feel like even for people who have been in the Word and been studying this for a long time, it's just good to have a refresher sometimes. Yes. It's just good to remember, like, wait, wait, I can encounter the presence of God anytime, any day. Wait, wait, I need to get back into the Word. Wait, I need to, you know, I want to start flowing in the gifts of the Spirit again. So just whatever stuck out to you today, I encourage you to just take steps in that and see the fruit that comes. Yeah. And I know we covered a lot of ground there. So I just want to kind of summarize everything one more time when it comes to the vision, when we talk about living a supernatural life, when we talk about receiving revelation from the scriptures, we believe that that's a core value because if our goal is to fulfill our highest calling in Christ, and again, not just fulfill it for you, fulfill it for the people that will be blessed when you fulfill your highest calling in Christ. It's not all about you. People need you to fulfill your highest calling in Christ. So we believe that receiving revelation from the scriptures, uh, knowing the Bible is how we get to know its author, and it's how we develop confidence in the supernatural. The author is the one who helps us fulfill our highest calling in Christ. So we need to know the author. When we talk about encountering the presence of God, encounters with Christ is how we develop intimacy with him and we begin to practically benefit from who he is. We can't reach our highest calling without him. So as we operate in oneness with him and carry him with us, we will fulfill our highest calling in Christ. And when we flow in the gifts of spirit, in the gifts of the spirit, uh, we are practicing surrender to God and humbly pursuing the mystery and power of God and that will help us grow. That will challenge us as we pursue that mystery with humility and we practice surrender. And if you can do it in the natural, it is not your highest calling in Christ. That's why we need to do it. So as we live, as we live naturally supernatural, we will fulfill our highest calling in Christ. That's part one of the church vision. And again, we could talk about each of these things for days, but we're not because we only have so many days. But it's a good start, right? Is anyone excited about that? Do we understand that whenever we teach anything at this church, it's going to help us in one of those three directions, maybe even all three. But, you know, you'd think about any message that helps me do that is going to bring value to my life. Those are the things that we focus on at this church. That's just a piece of that. Yeah. All right, let's stand. 
Thanks, everybody. It's kind of fun getting back to basics. It's reminding ourselves this is why we're here. This is what we believe. This is what we focus on. This is the bedrock of our church, of our faith here. Um, so I'm glad you can all be here. <laughs> all right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much uh, for the gift of you, for the gift of the supernatural. God, that you challenge us as you call us into the unknown. Cue Elsa. Uh, <laughs> parents get me. Um uh, as you call us into the unknown things of you, as you challenge us by, by inviting us into a space where we have no choice but to surrender to you, as you invite us into the mystery of you that we cannot do without you, God, you lead us in the supernatural into dependence on you. And then we, that's where we can really see what you can do, that we get to participate in that mystery with you, that we get to see what you're really capable of, God, as we humbly submit to you and follow you even where feet fail, where we're out into the open. It might be scary, but that's where we really learn to trust you uh, and depend on you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that as we read your word, we get to know you. Uh, we're learning how you think and how you act and how you speak. God, we get to know you. We develop intimacy with you just by reading the word. And God, thank you that there are answers in there. May we seek and find what we are looking for in scripture. And even if the Bible doesn't have an explicit answer to today's problem, you do. And may we get to know the words so that we can get to know you. And God, may we encounter you on a regular basis. And as we leave church every day and as we leave our prayer time with you and as we leave our time in the word with you, may we carry with you the essence of who you are with us. Uh, may your grace, as it fills us, may that bubble out like prophecy does out onto other people. May they experience that same grace that may we be the, the glow-in-the-dark stars that you stick on the wall, that as we are near you, we begin to glow with your light. And that as we move back out into the darkness, people see us glowing, not because we are so great, but because you are so great and you are within us. That our presence and our nearness with you is what people see when they encounter us. And when they encounter us, that they encounter you. Uh, God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the pursuit of you, God. Thank you that you're always calling us deeper into relationship with you. Uh, we love you. We pray you help us walk this out every day of our lives. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as he guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving, or you can text GIVE to 844 955 0993. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.